Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood.
God and covenantal promises. Uh, now the camera is going to pan four months later to Nehemiah's doorstep. He is going to go in and take up the conversation with the king and then meet his adversary. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning from Nehemiah chapter 2. And we're going to do it in two points, crucial expectations and
important to note this because a prayer in the Christian life often can look both ways and probably should, as Jesus did in this instance. Should you set aside corporate times to pray as part of church worship or in community group? 100%. Can you even set aside time in your daily life to pray and to have that connected Christian piece of who that is? Yes, I think if you want to grow in your faith, whether that's using things like your daily prayer project, search for it later, resources from our friends, Joel Littlepage and his team, the Bridge Mosaic, just a wonderful help to set aside a structured prayer. It doesn't have to be that, it can be almost anything. And that is a part of prayer life. But here, Nehemiah in verse 4 is modeling another type of prayer. That is a type that when uh, your phone rings or you get a text notification or you see who it is, that your thoughts respond and you want to pray to prepare your heart, whether because of uh, history or because of the relational dynamic or because of the weight of the conversation or issues at hand, you pray. If the type of prayer in verse 4b that you pray uh, when you have thoughts step into the meeting, right? You're walking from your car or from the bus stop or from the metro, you're headed to the meeting, you're about to land, beforehand comes to the door, you want to actually pray. You don't say anything out loud, you don't get down to your knees, but you pray. It's the type of prayer that when you know your results are in, and the doctor is about to come in and have a conversation with you, and you have been waiting for weeks, maybe praying the wrong type of Nehemiah prayers for weeks, but now you're at that moment where the doctor is about to come into the room, and you want to pray a quick prayer, this Nehemiah Chapter 2, verse 4b, prayer is the prayer we want to pray. My point here is that in the Christian life, there are sometimes wrong seasons of prayer. When there is prayer, where our lives are marked by the reality that God is real. And more than God is real, that God is active and engaged. And more than God is just active and engaged, that God genuinely loves and cares for you in the ups and downs of life. And when that is your crucial conversation, part of how you reflect that in your own life, part of how you, in, in a sense, say, yeah, this is my lived reality, is you say these quick, unspoken prayers. Lord, Jesus, help me. These are the kinds of thoughts that are part of faith that flows to who God is and what He's doing, what it means to you and I in our daily prayers. Being a Christian sometimes doesn't involve religious looking stuff. Just like what we're doing right now. But it's more than that. It's not just merely that. It's more than that. It is about the access and the ability to cry out to God in the midst of our unfortunate moments as crucial conversations. We have access to call out to the living God. That's for benefit. That is for you and for me. the king says, okay, let me just read a bit more back and forth how much time it's going to take you, Nehemiah, to respond to this information. Nehemiah had put some steps to this, right? In five uh, through eight days, 
it's a, a kind of reflection of that thought. And so Nehemiah had to have put some effort into, in that four months of praying and fasting, to try to figure out, uh, okay, how long is this going to take? What is it going to take in terms of actual materials and supplies? Because we have to carry on logistics and things like that. And uh, what's the likely state on the road there? So he asked for letters that help prepare food for them. But as the king responded, yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I can take care of that. The king responded favorably to all that Nehemiah had. In verse 3, down second line, Nehemiah responds and says, The king granted me what I asked. This man I died. Nehemiah is being gracious with this reality that God heals God's people and God does take care of food for people here. So to Nehemiah, when the king responds favorably, Nehemiah doesn't uh, frame it up, at least so as to counter as I can. He's explicit. I was at my anchor when it comes to charisma. Because my life is on the line, I did a good job. And Nehemiah doesn't uh, fall back on his training, even though it's clear that he's done all this preparation in terms of what he is going to display. He doesn't say, and my presentation, my slide deck, my Google Sheets were so impressive with all the planning that he did that I won the king over. His framing is in line with his prayer life. that he's going to pay 
is setting up for what's going to happen uh, in the rest of chapter 2, but then also all the way through chapter 15, right? That uh, there is going to be some tension between what God has called them to be and people who don't know him or trust him. We're introduced to that, and then in verses 11 through 16, we get our first person healer, effectively, of the ancient city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah um, goes through the city, the gate of their city, travels outside of the gate, and kind of goes in and around the gate walls uh, in the middle of the night uh, with the bow and the arrows. Um, and uh, the interesting thing here, right, is it's, it's almost as if you're traveling alongside Nehemiah in the middle of the night, and he is uh, somewhat under wraps from everyone else. And you go throughout the city and you take a look at and assess uh, what is the going on. As he finishes in verse 17, or I'm sorry, verse 17, what follows, he describes just what God has called him to do. The mission that the community responds to. I'm going to read it for you in chapter 2, verse 17. And when I come to it, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and it is burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer for Jerusalem's sake. And I told them about the hand of my God that had been upon me in such words, and also the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build, for they strengthened their hands for the good work. So there was this initial response from the community in 18 let us rise up and build. The community is responding, right? They sense God's call here. They understand what Nehemiah is trying to do. And they together collectively rise up. One quick note that I want to make is oftentimes we can think of the stories in Scripture uh, as the heroes, and it's kind of everyone else in the background that underneath them. But I think on closer read, what we oftentimes see is there may be lead characters of God, and it's usually women or men in the story of Scripture who move the action along, but that ultimately it's the community response that matters. Whether that's for good, the community responds, I'm going to stretch my hand and let it become a cat, or uh, for bad, a community responds to good and faithfulness and salvation. The story of Scripture, the, one of the prevailing questions is first, what is God doing here? And second, second, how will the collective community respond? I, I make this note because when we think about church, the same principles are in effect. We can make a mistake when we think about church and we think too narrowly about uh, who the pastor is or who the music people are or what leaders we want and how gifted they are. It's not that God doesn't use people like pastors, elders, and deacons and deaconesses in the life of the church. It's not that community group leaders aren't important. All of those people are incredibly important. But the key question for the health of any church community is how is the community responding? Not how gifted is one particular leader. This community response to God's mission of strengthening their hands and beginning to build is a pattern not only in Nehemiah, but how the people of God are called to respond. But that continues all the way to today. This is why we structure Sabbath in Mosaic the way that we do, right? It's designed to encourage your participation. If 
earthquake for you to use your gift. Take hold of it, not only as the leader that God has called and spiritual vocation, but friends, as how the whole community will
Genesis and all the way through to Revelation, the reality that it's more than just what you see when it comes to opposition, but that there is supernatural opposition to the life of the church. These three categories throughout the history of Christianity have formed the deep faith in opposition to Jesus. Our own sinful inclination, the reality of evil in the world, the world is fallen, broken, and in fact, picked up our mission to change the government and to destroy it. These three together uh, take on different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They each take different forms and different kinds of what must be opposition, but in this case, at least what comes out of Jesus is faith.